who are the guys in your organization that are aligned with the coaches and that see the big picture and understand what you're trying to get done. So when you have a meeting or a practice and you address something at the end of the practice, these guys are going into the locker room when the coaches aren't around and they're reinforcing those messages. Today's podcast is from a clinic session I moderated with James Franklin at the Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. This entire talk is available on CoachTube and continues to support Lawrence First and Goal Foundation, which funds pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services. The link for the entire talk, as well as all the courses produced from Lawrence First and Goal Clinic, are in the show notes. There's over 100 of those now in the library and an outstanding job done by the coaches who presented here. Coach Franklin obviously did an outstanding job, and he talks today about what are the things that build their culture. In this first part, he talks about their three core values that make up their culture. Talk about kind of our process. You know, everybody has, you know, whether it is a mission statement or whatever it may be, you know, for for me, it's about relationships. I don't care what organization you're running. I don't care what you do. Ultimately, it's about relationships. In our business, I think people are putting a lot of focus, and I get it, on, on facilities, whether it's you know indoor facilities or whether it's weight rooms or, or whatever it may be, ways to tell your story, your history, and your story of your, of your university or your high school or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's not about the stadium, and we have an awesome stadium. We've averaged 106,000 fans for the last couple of years. We got a great stadium. You know, we got great history and tradition at Penn State. But at the end of the day, it's about relationships. It's about the coaches' relationships with the players. It's about the players' relationships with the coaches. It's coaches to coaches because I think how our players see that we care about each other and interact with each other, that's important as well. And then on top of that, it's how the players interact with each other. And this is a tough game played by tough people. But at the end of the day, you better find ways to build those relationships because I'm a big believer that if the players truly know how much you care about them, then you're going to be able to maximize their experience. You can be really hard. You can be really demanding. You can be really challenging on people if they know how much you care. I do think this season, uh, which I'll get into later, you know, that challenged that because the things that you normally would do to have fun and get away from football, whether they're meals at your houses or barbecues or, or whatever it is, it was hard to do those things this year. I think you better plan for it. It better be a part of what you're trying to do in your organization. It, always, it also helps with retention. I've had coaches over my 10 years that have turned down really good opportunities and, and significant raises to stay because they just feel like what we have at Penn State and what we had at Vanderbilt is special. And I find that a little bit more with the older coaches, older coaches that maybe have been in a bad situation professionally, you know, when they're able to get into a, in a good, positive environment, they appreciate it more. The young coaches that have never been through it, they're obviously chasing dreams and, and promotions and things like that. But until they work for a head coach that they don't have a great relationship with or hasn't created a family environment, 
then it makes it that it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult. So we try to focus on that as much as we possibly can. When you talk about core values, it's something that that we talk about all the time. We pretty much talk about it every single day in the beginning of a team meeting. I have guys recite the core values. We want to live the core values. To me, the thing that are important about our core values is a lot of times people think it's specific to football and it really isn't. It's, it's much bigger than football. And I think the other thing that's important is they're all things that you can control. Number one is a positive attitude, you know, waking up every single morning and it's a choice. You know, am I going to have a positive attitude? Am I going to go into work and affect people in a positive way? I also know as a head coach, if I come into the office and I'm in a bad mood and people can sense that and feel that, then everybody in the office is walking on eggshells. You have to understand as your role and responsibility changes, so does your impact on the people around you. So, you know, I'm very sensitive to that, but I want to surround myself with as many positive people as I possibly can. We talk to the guys all the time about you're going to do the work anyway, so you might as well have fun while you're doing it. So waking up every single morning, being appreciative of all the blessings that we do have and not focusing on the challenges is something that we think is, is very, very important. And obviously this year was as important as it's ever been. You know, when it comes to work ethic, again, that's something you can control that you're going to outwork people. There may be bigger, there may be faster, there may be stronger, there may be smarter people out there, but you can close the gap on people by outworking them. You know, sometimes the players will come and they'll say, well, coach, I had to study six hours to get an A in a class that my uh, roommate only had to study an hour to get the A in the class. At the end of the day, all that matters is you got the A. So understanding Again, work ethic is something that you can control. It's something that you can teach. It's something that I think is probably more important than ever in teaching these young people how to work. It's also a big part of why we want to try to recruit as many of our student athletes from really good high school programs, because if they come in with good work ethic habits, that allows us to build on that. If they don't have them, it's going to be a battle for the next four or five years to get them to figure that out. The third one is, is compete. You know, compete in everything you do, compete in the classroom with some of the finest students in the world, compete in the weight room where most of our guys came in. They were the biggest, strongest, fastest already at their high school. And now they got to get to college and they got to start all over from the bottom and work their way up. You got to compete in everything you do, whether it's practice field, whether it's classroom, whether it's weight room, whatever it may be. You know, I tell our guys as well, when our season ended and guys had a chance to kind of go home and see their families after COVID, you know, I want them to compete in everything. You're home on Christmas Eve and your uh, seven-year-old niece wants to play you in checkers, beat her ass. Compete in, in everything you do. And I think that's a mentality that's, that's really important. And then the last one, you know, is sacrifice. It's probably the most important core value that I think you have. And I think it's magnified right now. Everybody wants instant success. Everybody wants to you know, go from A to Z overnight. I thought it was awesome to see the story with the Alabama quarterback this year. For the last two years, he's been the third team quarterback at Alabama. He stayed there. He sacrificed. He, he battled. And when his time came, he was ready to go and obviously had an unbelievable season. So, you know, I think getting people to understand that you must sacrifice small things now for big things later in life is really important. 
And I think this is something that you have to spend time talking to because it's just not how our society is wired right now. And I think it's something that's really important. So positive attitude, great work ethic, compete in everything you do, and you must be willing to sacrifice. There are core values. We'll start the meetings with that. I'll have someone recite it. And then I'll also ask someone to ask, I'll ask them what is their favorite core value and why, what it, what's the one that, that, that really resonates with them. So we'll do this pretty much every single day because we want to get to the point where we're not memorizing our core values. We're living our core values. In this next section, coach talks about culture. He defines it and explains the importance of having culture drivers in your program. Culture is a word you hear everybody throwing around now. Everybody talks about it. People talk about it in the interview, the importance of culture, talk about it you know, with the media, our culture of our organization. But a lot of times people don't know what culture is. You know, have you defined what culture is? And if you go to you know, Webster's, the definition of culture in Webster's dictionary is the, the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. I think it's a really good definition. You know, obviously, you know, we're, uh, we're coaches and we're educators. The definition that I prefer is the one by Bill Walsh, which I think is a tr- tremendous definition. The culture precedes positive results. It doesn't get tacked on as an afterthought on your way to the victory stand. Champions behave like champions before they're champions. They have a winning standard of performance before they are winners. I directed our focus less to the prize of victory than to the process of improving, obsessing perhaps about the quality of our execution and the content of our thinking. That is our actions and attitude. I knew if I did that, winning would take care of itself. You know, there's a lot of things in there when you, when you read that definition, which I think is excellent. You know, it's talking about the process. It's not talking about the results. It's talking about the journey. It's talking about doing all the little things right along the way. It's talking about how, how our mind approaches things. It's about the focus on execution. You know, so I just think it's, it's a really good definition of what you want the culture in your organization to be. Attention to detail. There's a lot of really important points in there that we talk about all the time. So being able to define what culture is in your organization for your staff, for your coaches, and for your players, that they understand what we're talking about when we talk about culture. The other thing is identifying culture drivers in your organization. This is something that I think has been very, very important for us, you know, again, at Vanderbilt and the SEC, as well as here at Penn State. Who are the guys in your organization that are aligned with the coaches and that see the big picture and understand what you're trying to get done. So when you have a meeting or a practice and you address something at the end of the practice, these guys are going into the locker room when the coaches aren't around and they're reinforcing those messages. When you have to make a tough decision in your program that you may run it by the, these culture drivers ahead of time. You may explain it to these culture drivers ahead of time. You may take their input in your decision. But at the end of the day, when you make the best decision for your organization as the leader, these guys understand it, and they're going to go down and reinforce that message with the younger players in your program. I think it's very important each year as the head coach to identify who these culture drivers are in your organization 
I think it's important that the offensive coordinator does that as well on offense. The defensive coordinator does that as well on defense and the special teams coordinator does that as well. Who are going to be their culture drivers as well by, by area, you know, by area. In this next clip, coach talks about the importance of environment and conditions that help really set up your culture. And he gives some examples from his program of building that culture is subtle things like the locker room, how you set your locker room up. A lot of locker rooms are set up by position where all the quarterbacks are in one area and all the D linemen are in another area. We have never done that. You know, everybody says that their football program, we're a family, but ask, ask one of your defensive linemen to tell you something about the long snapper. I bet you, I bet you they can't. So are you truly a family and are you really trying to create things and, and are you trying to create opportunities for people to grow together? So for us, our locker room, we change it every single year, where they sit, who they sit next to. The locker room is completely broken up by position. So you have a D lineman next to a kicker, next to a quarterback, next to an O lineman. The entire locker room is broke up by position and we change it every single year but the other thing is the entire locker room is also broken up racially as well. As much as we possibly can, the entire locker room is black, white, black, white, black, white, black, white. So there is no offensive versus defensive versus special teams division. There's no position division. There's no racial division. So we try to break that up as much as we can. It's not perfect. Obviously, you go black, white, black, white. And then every once in a while, you throw a beige guy like myself in there as well, culturally ambiguous. But for the, most, for the most part, we want to make sure that the locker room is broke up as much as we possibly can to break down those clicks and create uh, an atmosphere where, where there truly is relationships. As you guys know, you know, the two guys that you sit next to at your locker every single day, you get to know those guys on a significant level. You know, some other things we do, kind of rite of passage, you know, giving the players some ownership. We'll, we'll do our helmet stripe. You have to earn your stripe in our program. So the veteran players will strike the younger players. They have to, they have to clear it through the position coach and, and make sure that the guys handle his business academically and other things. But it's a way for the, the veterans to say, here's a young guy that's doing things right. That's doing things the way we want them done at Penn State within our culture. And they'll stripe them in front of the entire team at the end of practice. On game day, whether they have received their stripe or not, obviously everybody's going to have their stripe on their helmet. But during practice, uh, you know, we have a game helmet and a practice helmet. Uh, they may go a year without, without earning their stripes. So that's something that we think has been really good. Another way to, to build that culture, you know, is vulnerability. Staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection. So one of the things that we do, which I think has been great to, to break the ice, is every new member of our organization has to get up in front of the team when they first arrive. And they either have to sing a song a cappella, or they have to dance in front of the entire team. And that's players and that's coaches. You learn to laugh at yourself. You learn to have some fun, show some personality. And it's a way to connect with the room and do it quickly. I tell people all the time, you're, you'd rather be really good or really bad because you'll be memorable. It's all the people in between. We do that. You know, obviously the dancing is, is a big part of that, but we'll do it with singing songs as well. Another area is shares. Throughout the entire year, we try to create opportunities for guys to get up in front of the entire team, coaches, players, staff, everybody, and share something about them 
and their background that probably people in the, in the room don't know. What your background is, how you were raised, you know, maybe some adversity that you've had to overcome in your life, whatever it may be. We're trying to create opportunities to truly build that family in our culture, not just saying we're a family, really get to know each other on a significant level. And then the other one is having guys identify what their why is, which, which we think is really important. So what's, what's the thing that motivates you when you wake up in the morning that drives you to be great, that drives you to be special on the day that you don't feel good, the day that you're sore? Is it because you just are a competitor and you love to compete? Is that your why? Is it your family? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it your brothers and sisters? Is it your wife? Is it your kids? But what is it? What is the thing in your life that drives you to be special? I think it's really important everybody identify what their why is because you're going to need that when times get tough. I've been able to moderate three clinic talks of Coach Franklin's as well as members of his staff. And I can tell you there's something special going on there. What you heard Coach talk about is being lived in their program. And the ideas that he gives you here certainly can help your program as well. Again, the entire talk is available on CoachTube. The link is in the show notes. And proceeds from all the Lawrence First and Goal courses continue to fund and support the Lawrence First and Goal Foundation. Check out all we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.